you made it to level two, deeper questions leading to deeper answers. I'm Tomas Garza, and I'm here to help you decide to transform. I'll be setting the pace for the process to support your unfolding. Learn and commit to a practice that brings simplicity and an awareness of what is ready to be released. Join me now and allow the experience of a deeper sense of love. Hello and welcome to Decide to Transform. I'm your host, Tomas Garza, and joining me as my very special guest today is Annette Maria. Now, Annette and I have recorded a podcast together. I was her guest recently on her brand new podcast, Sacred Dance, which I loved. I loved it. And I'm happy to have her as my guest here today on Decide to Transform. Now, Annette has worn a number of different hats in, in the work world, and she still does. She is the founder of Sanctuary Publishing, which we'll talk about here on the show. She's a purpose embodiment coach, an intuitive facilitator of healing, a channel for multidimensional beings, and the host of the podcast, Sacred Dance. She is also a published author. And we had a really fun, deep conversation a few weeks ago on Sacred Dance. So Annette, thank you so much for joining me today and welcome. Thank you so much for having me. And I'm excited to talk to you again in a different way. <laughs> It's always fun to be on the other side. And well, as a podcast yeah. host, I'd say it's fun to be interviewed. Oh, yeah. It gives you just a moment to sit back and receive and to flow. <laughs> right. And you never know what's going to happen. And of course, sometimes as the host, we never know what's going to happen anyway. But and the listeners out there, if it sounds like I know exactly what I'm talking about, Great, roll with that, because I don't. <laughs> so, yeah, exactly. <laughs> we can go in with a plan, but often deviate from that. But let's start with the podcast since we're on that. Sacred Dance, it's relatively new. So, mm -hmm. you, you know, walk us through your journey with creating it and, and jumping into the podcasting arena. Yes, absolutely. Thank you for giving me that space. So the sacred dance came about actually after a mushroom journey. Um, mm -hmm. I didn't know it was going to be a podcast at that time, but I was integrating, you know, my, my trip, my experience. And I was really awestruck. I remember sitting outside, it was last summer and realizing everyone thinks they're right. And everyone thinks someone else is wrong. And I remember saying to my partner, what if no one's right? What if no one's wrong? And I was just like, my mind was really kind of blown and cracked open. And this was at the heart of a lot of like cancel culture, you know, at the heart of the rise of all the, all the madness of last year. But it was that moment of we're all separate and we're separating ourselves more and more and more. And this was the way the podcast came about was through looking at the sacred dance of our reality, how everything weaves together. The, you know, the feminine, the masculine, all sides have their point. All perspectives are welcome. And it's about allowing a platform for that. So especially in spirituality, I hate the concept that one way is the only way because that is not truth. And if someone tells you that, just 
bolt the other direction because everyone has their own individual truth their own karmic resolution that they're coming through their own ancestral bag we all have our own incarnation that we're living through and that's what the sacred dance is all about it's about honoring the different paths in spirituality sexuality and healing and showcasing people that have cultivated that are living that that serve people in those ways and then also solo transmissions with me about what i'm moving through and what i may be opening up to and connecting with Okay, so the listener can find solo episodes where you're going through your own transformational journey. Yes, yes. So it can be about whatever is alive for me that week. Mm. You know, there was an episode about bhakti yoga, about okay. how that was a catalyst for me. And it's not an episode mm. to tell you do bhakti yoga. It's an episode to show you what it did for me. And if you're inspired to try it on, you can. Okay. Um, I, I love this. Yes. And you mentioned that this was the result, the what if no one is right? What if no one is wrong? Line mm -hmm. of questioning was from a mushroom journey. Now, I'm curious, before that particular journey, had you had that same question occur to you before? I think I did, but maybe I was scared to ask. Or maybe I was scared to even vocalize it. Actually, it's not even that I was scared to ask. I was scared to vocalize it out and into the world because I know people will tell me, how dare you say that? I'm right. They're wrong. They did horrible things, you know? Yeah. And I'm here to say I'm not the divine. I'm not God. I'm not source. I'm not here to pick who is who and what is what, right? And there is a spiritual teacher and he's one of my gurus. And I'm not even ashamed to use that word. I know some people are like, oh, people have gurus, you know, whatever. But um, uh, a being named Maharaji and, you know, he said everything, it's all perfect, you know, and it's hard for us to see it because we all have our own perceptions, our own lenses. And um, yeah, so, you know, there's more I can dive into with that. But it was, I was scared to vocalize it. And then it was me just this realization of witnessing it from the outside rather than being in all of the, the heat of last year, me like kind of taking a moment out of it that helped oh. me kind of realize that and be like, oh, oh, I, this is how I feel. And this is what is my truth right now. Mm. Oh, okay. Now, were, were you raised in a fundamentalist tradition, uh, one, uh, one where people say that their way is the only way? I was raised in a very Roman Catholic household um, by two lovely Polish immigrants to America. So my mom and dad both are, you know, from a small little village in Poland mm. and where everyone was Roman Catholic and they all did the same things. And, you know, they brought that here and they tried to put that on us. And I didn't didn't fit in, didn't, oh. didn't click, never clicked. Um, and I, I, I broke out of that finally, but there was moments of, you know, me fake going to church and me going to sit at Panera and have tea during that hour block when I was scared to really own the truth to the family. So, you know, okay. there was some of that breaking apart hmm. and now I'm like, this is, this is where I'm at. This is who I am. And they're not that happy about it. All okay. right. Now, how long ago was this where you went to Panera and pretended to be in church? Um, I'm going to say that was like 
six, five years ago. Six years ago. Um, at that point, you know, I moved back home from, from college and I was back in the unit and I was just like, oh no, this isn't me anymore. And they would, they would tell you that that ruined me. Finding my freedom ruined me um, because I, I now I'm different. Um, but I would say that it actually helped me be more of myself and it gave me the, the liberation that I was always seeking. Um, so again, two sides of the perception, right? <laughs> Yes, and it's a really interesting issue, um, and I know that there are listeners out there that can relate to this. I, I, I actually can relate to this. I once pretended to go to Hoffmantown Baptist Church in Albuquerque, New Mexico, and then once soon as I got my driver's license, that's where I would go out to the mountains and go for a hike and uh, would tell my mom that I was in Sunday school. So, yeah. you know, I'm, we're not alone, right? So, yeah, no. <laughs> and now, uh, now are you, do you remain really, really close with, with your parents? So is this a discussion that you all have periodically? Um, I'm still close with them. You know, I love them. I see them. They're still, you know, working on my ancestral lineage is a big part of my, my work. Okay. Um, just because I think we, we need our village and we need to know where we came from. Um, so that's been a big part of my healing is coming back into that, but as me, not who they perceive me, who they want me to be. Um, so that's been a big part of my work, but we don't have discussions about this regularly. I mean, they don't know that I, they know I practice yoga, but they don't know that I practice the philosophy and the you know, hold the mantras and work with the gods and goddesses, they don't know that aspect of me and that they don't need to. Um, they just know that I don't go to church anymore. But I, you know, I, I'll say things and open them up to the way I view things. And sometimes they're like, oh, okay. And then sometimes they're like, oh my God, what happened? So <laughs> sometimes we converse about it and I just have to know when to say what and to who to say it to. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's very, very interesting because I've had lots of conversations with people who have had a similar experience to having something that feels true to them and really want to say it, but not be able to mm-hmm. say that. And um, you know, what if no one is right? What if no one is wrong? Was, was the thing that stands out to me. Yeah. And so then who have been some of your guests on sacred dance? Um, so we have a variety of people. We have had people like yourself, meditation teachers talking about the 5D. We've had Akashic Records oh, readers. Okay. We've, um, we've had people that started communities and have built out land um, we've had people talking about goddesses and working with goddess spirituality, mm-hmm. talking about the feminine and the recollect, reconnection to the ancient feminine wisdom, talking about merging with the menstrual cycle and our cyclical nature. So we have guests from a variety of walks that come in spirituality and sexuality. We have people that we have an amazing quantum relationship couple that's coming on to talk about relationships and sexuality. So there's, you know, various different 
individuals that are in this space, but they're all people who are in alignment with the energy of exploring the truths, not saying this is my truth. And that's what all the guests hold the thread of. Okay. Yeah. One thing that strikes me uh, that, that really has, stand, has stood out for me is that all perspectives are welcome. Yes. Mm -hmm. All of them. Even if I don't know too much about them or if I, you know, I welcome that. Like I want, I want that. Um, I don't always have to fully agree and understand something hundred percent. I want to bring people on, you know, as the show evolves and continue to, to move forward, to talk about those truths and to bring people on of mm -hmm. more diverse backgrounds. So it will evolve in that way. Absolutely. Well, and, and listeners, I can attest, this is a, a fabulous show and I had a great time on the show. As your guest, it was a wonderful conversation. So uh, how have you grown and changed since you launched into the podcasting world? Mm. It allowed me to stop pedestaling people. I love it. Um, okay. To stop saying, oh, that person is better further along in their business, further along in, you know, whatever they're doing um, to it has allowed me to, you know, remove people from that pedestal again and to bring them just down into being, this is just a human talking with me. They may be further along. They may, they might be right where I desire to be in a couple of years. Right. And to, it's allowed me to expand my capacity for myself to grow and my confidence. So it's been really an interesting journey of, you know, also using my voice and, sharing things that I normally maybe wouldn't share in like written posts or like Instagram stories or something. It's given me that platform to, to say what I actually want to say and not kind of like beat around the bush. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yes. And, and listeners, we've been talking about this. So we were talking about this a little bit beforehand and um, it's, it, I think it's great to have people out there that are not afraid to speak truth, right? Mm -hmm. their, their truth, and, and you're inviting all kinds of perspectives. I'm just curious, as far as your own personal experience goes, what is the one thing that you've learned since launching this journey that has most surprised you? No matter the modality, no matter what the person does or any of that, we all have pretty much the same reason for doing what we're doing. And I think I always knew that, but to actually have the tangible conversations and it's really helped me realize that the idea of competition is bullshit and that it is about realizing the collaboration, the celebration of each other, you know, uplifting each other, um, the new paradigm of idea of evolving and into like the idea of new earth um, is possible. <laughs> and it's evolving and happening through these types of conversations. And yeah. Yeah. And where do you see this progression headed? For the podcast? 
or well for for humanity in general for the collective in general uplifting and collaborating what's what's your take on where we're going with this yeah um i mean that's a pretty fast question i'm first <laughs> gonna say i don't know <laughs> right and then my second to that is you know i always like to say it's good to not know because i don't exactly no, but this is my idea. This is my feel. Um, I think the more that we can stop looking at another as some, some force outside of us against us and look at other people as people working with us and start supporting that within ourselves, right? Looking at yourself as you are life isn't against you. Life is happening with you and the people around you aren't against you. They're, they're working with you to evolve and grow. I feel like the more we collaborate, the more that we uplift and come together and allow each person's truth to shine and each person's zone of genius or whatever purpose to be lived out, the greater abundance, the greater peace, the greater joy we will feel on this earth. And that is my take um, that's you know been channeled through me and shown to me in various experiences um and that's that's what i think okay yeah i i love this and then i'm curious um you mentioned just various experiences of yours what does your spiritual practice look like these days mm, yeah so i infuse a lot of bhakti um practices. So bhakti yoga is the yoga of devotion. So it's not so much the physical asana practices as much as it is for the devotional element. So I do my daily practice, actually, I include bhakti and then also embodiment. So I normally first I'll wake up and I go into my office slash altar room and I will do some movement practice to feel what's the light side and the dark side that's alive today. What's the side that is so excited. And then the side that thinks that it'll all be taken from her. That was me mm -hmm. today. Right. Okay. And I'll have a conversation between the two sides and find a union so that I can walk into the day, like in alignment rather than like a lopsided energy of too far to the light, too far to the dark. So mm -hmm. I start in that way and it's, you know, always evolving and I'm Again, not perfect. So I'm always coming back into that alignment as much as I can. And then I move into meditation and devotion. So I chant the Ram Nam Japa, which is chanting the name Ram, which translates to the divine source, God, whatever that vibe energy holds for you. I chant it 108 times, three times. Um, and that said, when we chant the Ram Nam Japa, that anything, anything is possible. What, what can't be done can be done. What has already been done can be undone. So again, that comes from Maharaji. You know, he was always seen just chanting Ram, 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 and always just planting the seeds of the divine within us. Mm -hmm. And then I'll usually go into a bit of silence to just clear away and just I like to be quiet um, and yeah, I'll do some active devotion, whether it's gifting um, flowers to my altar, lighting candles and chanting mantras. So my practice is, is 
pretty, not, I'm not going to say pretty long, but it's just full <laughs> and it feels really good for me. And then I usually end play, playing the harmonium and chanting whatever mantras want to come through me. And yeah. I love it. Okay. Well, this is, uh, that sounds like fun. And uh, I have yeah. fun. Yeah. yeah. And it's That's... evolved. I mean, my practice before was just meditating for 20 minutes, mm -hmm. but also my practice every day doesn't look the same. Some days I need to spend a lot of time in that embodiment work and releasing some anger. Some days I can kind of just skip that and, you know, move on, you know, it depends, everything, it shifts, okay. but that's the, the heart of it right now. Mm. And let's say some more, if you don't mind about the, the body work, the embodiment work and, and releasing anger, what does that look like? Yeah. So the embodiment work is the heart of my coaching that I do with people. So mm. it is using the body as part of the vehicle for healing. Oftentimes in spirituality, we'll hear do mindset work work on your mind, you know, and we're already disassociated in this earth, um, in the society. And that just supports the disassociation when yeah. we're just in the head, when mm -hmm. we think the head is the problem. And actually most of our traumas, our issues, um, they, they reside in the body. The body remembers everything. The mind actually has the ability to kind of close something away and hide it until you're ready to deal with it. The body remembers it all. Yeah. So yeah. embodiment work is <laughs> embodiment work is using the body as the vehicle for the communication to not just try and mentally think your way through the healing okay. or through the processing. It's through dancing through it and moving through it. So we will try on shapes and energies and use dance and movement to convey the energy that you are feeling to have the conversation with your body. So okay. anger release, you know, could look like, again, feeling, what does it feel like when you have anger in the body, that situation that is coming through you? Mm -hmm. And then how does it need to come out? So do, do you need to punch some pillows? Do you need to throw something? And this is all done in like a safe way. Um, you're not just going to be like harming yourself or another person. Um, so it's about learning how to express emotions, how you would as a child also, and giving that safety to do that. I gotcha. Yeah, interesting. All right, so it's done in a safe environment. And now do these, do these sessions last for a certain period of time or does it depend? Yeah, so when people come into coaching work with me, it's usually for three to four months at a time. So we, okay. we work on this, but and we carve out the time, but the sessions last for an hour and we can go as surface level or as deep as we can start. You know, again, most of us come disassociated from the body as mm -hmm. I did. So it takes time to understand what it's like, what it's like to feel our emotions and to viscerally experience them like a, like the little kid that wants to experience it. Right. Um, and the more we give ourselves that permission, I think the more, the more presence that we can find in our reality rather than feeling like succumbed to the emotion. You can just yeah. let it yeah. ride. And one can then sit in it and then also experience the release of that. Yeah. And it's just about moving past it, right? You know, mm -hmm. like today something happened in with our plumbing and I didn't want to deal with it. Neither did my boyfriend. And we both were just like, no. And then 
we both just had like a little bit of a temper tantrum where we were like, I don't mm. want to. We were like stuffing our feet and then we were like, all right, now we're good. Let's deal with it. Yeah. You know, rather than just like pushing past it and avoiding that, like what's trying to come through, we give it space and then we move through. So weird mm-hmm. things happen in this house sometimes. Oh, okay. Yeah. The uh, uh, weird things plumbing issues which happen uh, what else is weird that happens in your house no i mean the emotional releases oh, sometimes yeah, ah, yes. we're like okay. we're like how old are you right now it's like i'm three and it's like mm. you really you know to give that space because that inner child is still part of the show oh yeah and and still every bit as active as when we were three yeah, yeah. so mm-hmm. the more we give it that expression the more it can feel safe and then you know it's actually it's also silly and it makes life mm-hmm. realize it's not that serious yeah this is a really interesting point because we're we've been talking about uh, spirituality and, and religion and, and people's traditions and people thinking that they're building or or their meditation practice, their yogic philosophy is better than others. And, you know, it's, we're not taking ourselves that seriously. So it sounds to me that laughter and fun are a huge part of your life. So how how else do you incorporate that into your day? Mm. (laughs) I'm literally like a little five-year-old I think because (laughs) I think because as a kid I never was able to have that space because I always have to take care of myself in some capacity like emotionally but I mean I'm just so silly from the moment I wake up and not always right but I try and incorporate as much dance silliness we have I have different alarms set on my phone like at 111 every day I have a money dance that we do where we jump up and down or sometimes he's not home but you know I <laughs> will jump up and down and I have a money mantra where I I love money and money loves me so mm-hmm. we'll do things like that or I have a tambourine that I could I dance around the house with and the dog thinks I'm way too loud sometimes oh, um, okay. <laughs> but yeah so there's different ways of playing and again play was actually something hard for me to to do so I need to intentionally incorporate it so yeah it's the creativity the play the expression is something I have to work on um, Mm -hmm. more than anything else and I try to as best as I can (laughs) Well, I, I think that's great because some often as adults, we all receive cultural messages that we have to be serious as adults. We can't have fun anymore. We've got to go go off and slave away at our job or whatever it is. And so it's really nice to see that there are people that are incorporating that back intentionally. Yeah. That's, that's good to see. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like, I just signed up for an eight week pottery course because I like to get my hands and like dirt and clay. Yeah. yeah. All right. I mean, you know, so it's always about just exploring that. And again, I have to like actually put in my calendar, like dance play mm-hmm. <laughs> or else I'll just get really serious and, you know, focus on the other there are a thousand things I'm doing. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, as entrepreneurs, we all have many things that we could clog our calendars with. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> I understand. Yes. So, <laughs> now, and you're involved. Speaking of that, you're involved in so many different things, including a publishing company. So, Sanctuary Publishing. My understanding is this is a, a new endeavor for you. So, tell us, if you would, about your publishing 
Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. So Sanctuary Publishing is a new baby that was birthed through me. Um, I recently have published a children's book and was working through another publisher. And I was just inspired to take on the process on my own um, mm -hmm. and to do it for others. Because I really, part of my purpose on this earth is gathering individuals together and creating a, a sacred experience, whether that's mm -hmm. through the healing work I do. And in this, it's through the container of the process of birthing a book of birthing a project. So mm -hmm. part of our work is a multi-author book. So we have multi-author books, which really are exciting because they hold the energy of that new paradigm that I was mentioning before of collaboration, people coming together for a like cause and shining that light through a common theme. So there's an overarching theme for every book that attracts certain people to it. So we'll, we do more multi-author books and I'm just, we're in the process of our first one right now. And I'm just so excited about it and the, the magic behind it. It's called Caged No More. Mm -hmm. And it'll be out around August timeframe out in the public and it's all about showcasing women specifically who have broke free from societal constraints. So mm. we oftentimes, we can't see possibilities because of the blinders, right? We, we only see what's in front of us and this is what's possible, but really the possibilities are endless. And if we can just see what's possible, it opens our mind up to be able to see it as well. So that's the purpose of this book specifically. And really all of them is to show 25 to 30 different people who have created a different possibility for their reality. Okay. Now, are these contributing authors coming from all different walks of life, different career paths, etc.? Yeah. So all the authors are entrepreneurs and they're mm. all business owners in some form and they're here okay. to, you know, express their light and then also to expand their growth in their business. All right. And from all over the world? Yes. I love it. Okay. Yeah, this is something really, really, there's something really interesting about a collaboration and a collaborative venture. And this is clearly in at one of your themes in all of your work. And are, are there ways that we haven't talked about that you're involved in collaborative ventures with people? No, I think that's, we've, we've touched on at the moment. Our, our big, our big purpose behind it all is to open a healing space to mm -hmm. really house all of the collaboration and all of this magic. Um, and that's still, it's like little infant stages. So I love it. that, that will happen at some point too, but okay. yeah, this is, this is my mission. On this <laughs> beautiful, beautiful. Well, and it, it's really wonderful that you know what that is and that you're taking these positive steps toward it. So congratulations. I think that's really wonderful. Thank you. It's overwhelming, terrifying, and exciting at the same time. <laughs> yeah, all, all of that. And, and you know, this is uh, something that I've been meaning to discuss with you since we set this show up is is that um, on sacred dance in in the podcast there's a real emphasis one of the reasons why i was personally excited to appear as as your guest on sacred dance was that you 
wanted to go deep and you weren't afraid of that. So are you seeing in your work a lot of people who are afraid to do the deeper work? Absolutely. I think because we think the shadow will consume us right? That the pain, the mm-hmm. heaviness, what we're avoiding. I'm, I'm talking from like my own experience as well, sure. right? We think that's going to consume us because it feels so heavy, but I think it really just feels so heavy because we've avoided it for so long. And if we can meet it more often and kind of be friends with it, walk alongside of it, it no longer feels so heavy. It just kind of feels like this place that we don't really want to go to but we're like oh I feel this in me Mm -hmm. all right let's see what's here rather than this like massive weight so yes 100% I mean I think that's why it's important to have a guide whether it's a coach a therapist a healer whatever it may be it's important to have someone to guide you so that you don't feel so unsafe in this terrain because I think the unknown is what prevents us from doing so many things, whether it's starting a business, healing, you know, speaking our truth, whatever it is, and having someone that maybe is like a step ahead, a few steps ahead, gives you that, like, again, the possibility to see like, okay, they're okay. And they've moved through this. I'm going to be okay too. Mm. It it is really nice to, to have that guidance for sure. Yeah. What would you say to someone who's listening to this broadcast and they're, they're wondering, is it the right time for me to engage in this work? Let's say someone's curious about any of these projects that you work on, um, working with, with kind of the shadow or some of the internal hidden things that we'd rather not go to, right? Yeah, if someone's on the verge of that, what would you say to them? Well, I would say if you're thinking about it, it's you're thinking about it for a reason. So know that it's safe to dive into it. Mm. Know that it won't consume you no matter what the trauma was. And even if it consumes you for a moment's time, know that everything is cyclical. So when we're in the shadow, the opposite of the shadow is the light. So I think no matter how heavy I've been in my reality and my healing, I've always felt okay because I felt plugged into the sense of light in my own spiritual sense, just even on the other side, right? You know, right now on the East Coast, you know, we're winter is ending, we're coming into spring. So it's, this is the nature of the beast of this human cycle that no matter the darkness, the light will always come, but then also the darkness will always come, right? That it's just understanding this ebb and flow and again, not getting too attached to this is good and this is bad. That same idea of who's right and who's wrong. Who are we to say that the healing has to be this dark, bad place? you know, I think we've made it that sometimes, you know, that we have to bleed to heal, you know, and that's again, another one of those things. It's all of our own perceptions that we can Mm -hmm. bring in. Yeah. Yeah. It was a really excellent point. 
we have to bleed to heal. Yeah, it's got to be tough. We have to suffer and pay our dues and all of those cultural statements, uh, things yeah. that, that people absorb. So yeah, and um, I would have to agree and that with the very first thing you said in addressing that question is if you're listening to this podcast right now, if you're asking yourself this question, it's for a reason. And I said they better get a hold of you. So, right? Um, how? So, and if people were curious about um, about your publishing work or about the podcast, uh, about your coaching work, how can people best reach you to find out more? Yeah. So you can connect with me through Instagram. My handle is at it's an it's dot Annette Maria. Um, also, you can email me hello at activationsbyannette.com and also through my website, activationsbyannette.com. But usually email and Instagram are the quickest and easiest ways to, to get it all and just to share with me your heart and what you're looking for and I can meet you there. Perfect. All right. So again, to recap, that's Instagram. It, it's Annette Maria on your Instagram handle and the website activations by Annette, all one word.com. Hello at activations by Annette is your email address. Okay. And then again, the name of the podcast is Sacred Dance. I highly recommend that everybody check that out, download all of the episodes because, well, they're deep conversations. And that's the best kind. It yeah. really is. It's the best kind. So Annette, before we wrap up here, what else would you like to say to the listeners? Because we've talked about collaboration in a number of different ways and, and we've touched on so many different subjects. What, what else would you like to share with us? Yeah, I would love to just talk about that, that new paradigm energy, right? And how... Mm -hmm. So many of us are talking about new earth, new paradigm, you know, we're talking about it. Are we creating it together? Um, how, how are you co-creating that energy? How can you be a part of that energy? How can you, you know, be woven into it? What, what's your part and are, is what your, the actions that you're taking supporting it or going against it right and I notice it with myself too sometimes I'm like oh I'm competing with that person oh you know so noticing within yourself where are you competing to others in your reality and where can you start to celebrate others more rather than judge them or wish that you were where they were where can you celebrate other people more where can you celebrate yourself more hmm. um like where can yeah you know, without being so hard on yourself, like, oh, I should be here. Oh, it doesn't, I didn't do so good in my business this month because I only made X amount or zero amount, you know, whatever your, whatever the reality is, what can you celebrate? What's actually good? Because the more we celebrate, the more we can amplify our energy to co-create what we want. So. Okay. Well, I love this emphasis on celebrate, not, not just other people, but ourselves. Okay. Yes, yeah. so important. It is, it is, and often neglected by so many people, for sure. Yes, I have an alarm set for that too at 8.30 at night because it's ah. hard for me 
I love, I can, if I, I can sit in my misery for eternity, I, I thrive there. <laughs> um, but, you know, I really need to, that constant daily act of celebrating myself, looking at the goodness, even how small it might be some days or how massive it is other days. Mm. Yes. So it prompts me to ask one more question. What other alarms do you have? <laughs> That's about it. That's it. Okay. All right. I just asked, I know my wife is is listening to this and she has lots of them. So (laughs) there we go. Yeah. And, And, you know, really it's, it's good to remind ourselves that we need laughter. It's good to remind ourselves to give ourselves a, a virtual hug, right. Or Mm -hmm. yeah, a physical one, no question about it. All right. Well, Annette, this has been a lot of fun and I've learned a great deal about you and what drives you in your life. I've very much enjoyed this conversation. Thank you so much for joining me as my guest today. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. It's been so much fun. This has been Decide to Transform with Annette Maria. And again, check out Annette's website, activationsbyannette.com and give a listen to her podcast, Sacred Dance. It's a good one. All right, guys. Thank you so much for joining me here today on Decide to Transform. We'll see you all again next time.